Hello, friends. Welcome to the Impossible Things Podcast, where the greatest minds in the universe answer the world's toughest questions. Until they arrive, we will be talking about those same questions. I'm Kyle, and with me today are Jimmy. Hello. And Jesse. Hello. Today we are going to talk about Elon Musk's Hyperloop. Yay, the Hyperloop! <laughs> Everybody's uh, rather excited about this one. We held off <laughs> just so long so we could uh, we could talk about it in a relevant fashion. So, yes. And why did we hold off? Well, we should talk about whether or not it's possible first. Right? No. We should talk about... Okay, we were going to talk about this one earlier. In our okay, yeah, that is true. We were in gonna, the beginning. We were going to discuss it earlier. In but, the beginning. But we did not because... It was all theory. It was just, okay, so Elon Musk, uh, we're not going to talk about who he is. Well, maybe we will. But you should Google him because he's a fascinating individual and there's far too much uh, to tell. And you should find out on your own. So he he had said this thing uh, that he was going to make a high-speed rail that was better than the proposed high-speed mm-hmm. rail for California, which will uh, move paying customers from LA to San Francisco and vice versa. And it's going to be the, the, the proposal that's out there now is what half an hour. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, that's the, what he thinks he the California high speed rail proposal. I'm, I'm looking it up because I actually, the $60 billion dollar one. Oh, the, the government idea as opposed to the entrepreneurial idea. It's like three hours, I think. Right. Eh? It's something ridiculous. It, it's yeah, it's like three or four hours. It's slightly less than driving. Cause yeah, you can get there in three, six or seven to hours. To San Francisco? Driving. Yeah, but that's still that's half yeah. on a high-speed rail. They're saying four, though. They're wrong. Four is fine. Anyway, is so much anyway it's six. still hours. How about that? It's still, yes. It's the California proposed California high-speed rail is still hours. As still hours. To... So Elon Musk said something like, and maybe you can find the exact quote, because it's probably much pithier. <laughs> uh, he said, how can it be Silicon Valley if we're going to install something that's not even the fastest bullet train in the world and it's going to cost $60 million, million not, not million, billion, mm-hmm. with a B, billion dollars. Oh, you know what? I've got the quote right here. How could it be the home of Silicon Valley and JPL doing incredible things like indexing all the world's knowledge and putting rovers on Mars would build a bullet train that is both one of the most expensive per mile and one of the slowest in the world? And that is a direct <laughs> yes. quote. That is exactly is on the Elon Musk's blog in relation to the Hyperloop, which is what we're discussing. He came back later on Twitter, and somebody had called him on it, and he said, note that I didn't say it was the slowest. I said it was one of the slowest. Indeed. So, But it's I don't understand how they're calling it a bullet train because there's Amtrak trains that go faster than it, it will go. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it just, looks like it. It's, not, it's sort of disturbing. I'm, not kind of, I'm with Elon Musk on this. How, well, why are they? And for the cost, too. That's, that's, yeah. that's what bothers me more than anything. It's like if we're going to dump money into it like this, mm-hmm. we, we as California taxpayers, the three of us, mm-hmm. we're going to dump money into this to get ourselves from Southern California to Northern California in a, uh, an adequate amount of time. Shouldn't it go faster? I mean, I'm, I'm, it should I'm, go. It should and we do. We do have faster. the world, probably the world's best technologist, if the technologists, if that's a word. Sure. In absolutely. this state, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, there are other areas where there's congreg- congregations of that, but like Google's in California, mm-hmm. yeah. Apple's in California. Mm-hmm. I mean, like though these leading edge companies, the companies Tesla that, Motors, Tesla Motors is in, is is in California. Elon Musk's own company. I mean, like, I'd, SpaceX is probably run from here for all we know. I'm but, like, sure this he doesn't, is, like, commute to New York or something to run right. space. <laughs> but, I mean, like, this is where this is happening. This is where the bleeding, bleeding edge of global technology is. And 
here we are designing a train that is not the fastest in the world. The TGV goes faster than this train will, and that'll get you from Paris to London in, a, in an adequate amount of time. Mm-hmm. Well, so, there's a, the Amtrak Acela uh, line goes, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I've only read it. But it goes from D.C. to Boston, and it goes 150 miles per hour, and the, our California train will only go 130. Mm. It's just not, it's not, it's not, uh, I don't know. Anyway. But the, to, to speak to your cost thing, the, the major part of the cost is the purchase of the right-of-way. Yes. Which Elon Musk, did, as far as I read, he didn't address that because he would still, I mean, he has a, a much smaller footprint. Yeah. To have to purchase right away for, mm-hmm. but he'd still have to buy some. Well, and his footprint doesn't require taking up any uh, flat land. Real right. Estate. It's not a surface transportation. It's it is a, not. It's a below surface transportation. Oh, you saw below? That's what it, it looked like. The tube was below ground to me. Oh, There's I've, a, I've only seen elevated, too. Yeah. That's how they get past the whole earthquake. Thing. Oh, is you know, you're right. Elevated? You're absolutely right. It's elevated, and it, the shock absorbers are on the pylons. That's mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. My apologies. I guess I. It could be it could be underground. It could be underneath. But still, you'd have to. I mean, whoever you're planting pylons or burrowing, you'd have to purchase right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fair enough. The yeah. state doesn't. The state can't just say, in a communist fashion, "We are burrowing under your land. You must give way." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and he he does he does uh, commend them on. Making a making progress towards a mass statewide transit system. Yes. Mm-hmm. So which, he's not he's not opposed to the idea. I think he's opposed to the implementation. Is yeah. what it sounds like. Which is fine because I he's think I am too. We can do it better, and we can. I mean, he's we, just he's we, that mentality. Yeah. He's driving driving technology to be better than right. it is right now. So that's great. That's, and you, we, <laughs> that's we, what he's we, doing in every aspect of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have not had of that mentality. I mean, if you look at like Japan, Japan's that's where the fastest bullet train is now. Correct? Mm-hmm. Is in Japan. I believe so. Yeah. That's actually a maglev. Is it maglev? Sure, that's maglev. They the, have, German, the Germans have a pretty quick maglev, too, they have if a, I remember. Unless what I'm reading is out of date, and it's possible that it is, Japan has maglev operational uh, for daily use by members of the public. Germany has a test. Theirs is, I think, a monorail. I think theirs is elevated. Japan's uh, most of the maglevs that I've seen or read about are elevated. Are they? Okay. Yeah, there just seems to be. I don't know much about them other than that they exist. It just seems to be that it's uh, elevating them is kind of better. It just works out with the technology. It's more seamless that way. And also, and Shanghai is building one. So those are the three maglevs that exist at the moment. Well, so and we well, I was just say we probably should talk about like how the how like the actual for those of our our, our listeners that have not seen. What the hyperloop looks like, we should probably explain what it is. It's a series of pylons elevated, and you're in a tube, and you jump in a pod, and the pod goes through the tube. That's essentially what this whole thing looks like. So that's what the idea was. That's that's kind of what we knew about the idea mm-hmm. at when we started talking about this. And prior to the announcement. So we uh, you referenced the announcement. So we we started talking about this as a possible subject for our discussion, mm-hmm. and then it came to light that. Uh, after we would record our discussion and before we would release it, there would be this announcement of more, much more detail by made by Elon Musk. And so we decided to hold off on re- talking about it until uh, the announcement was made. And now it has been made. And we are we are now ankle deep within the the press release mm-hmm. of uh, Hyperloop Alpha is what he's calling it. This is which is lengthy. 
It is quite lengthy. It actually, here, let me count the pages. It's a PDF you can get from the Tesla Motors website. 58. 58 pages long. You but can it download it. it. Does it? You can <laughs> download it. If you're using my internet connection. <laughs> it does explain in rather uh, uh, bulky detail, let's just say that, the, um, the problems that he's thought of and the solutions to those problems mm-hmm. that he's thought of even down to the economics of it, um, as well as, like, you know, everybody in California being well aware that there are earthquakes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he addresses that as well uh, in a safe manner. Uh, it's, it's it's very interesting. I mean, like, it really changes the discussion of the impossibility, possibility of the Hyperloop. It does. So. It doesn't seem to be scientifically impossible, does it? No, Am I alone hey, in this? it really doesn't. It like, I mean, a he, way to do it. he seems to have thought of everything, even down to the the air pressure problems mm-hmm. uh, of pushing an object through a tube, which has a name. I which can't does remember. have a name. It is called the Cantrowitz limit. Yes, Cantrowitz with a K. I love it when things have a name. You could you can <laughs> you could think of it. It's very simply described as uh, like pushing uh, the plunger in a syringe. Right. You you end up pushing air through You're the forcing syringe. Forcing well. anything in the syringes. So the, the best way to reduce that pressure is to f- filter one side to the other. And so he's found a way to do that using fans. We should talk about why why that's even a thing. Why why the counterwitz limit is a counterwitz? 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 Witz? Counterwitz. Yeah, it's definitely German or Counterwitz well, limit? What would you call that? That rolls off the tongue. Counterwitz. Counterwitz? Sure. Just call it the K limit. The Kantrovitz Let's limit. Let's just call it the K-limit. That way we don't sound <laughs> as stupid to people in the future. The Kantrovitz limit. The people who are riding this train, hopefully, yeah, listening to our podcast from yeah. 10 years ago. If they only knew back then what we know now. I, I, ho- I have that goal, by the way, in my lifetime, to be listening to this episode of this podcast while riding this Hyperloop. Yeah, I would, that would be awesome. <laughs> you know why? Because I wouldn't have enough time sitting on the train to listen to the podcast. Because mm-hmm. we will talk for an hour. And that would only take you 30 minutes. You could go to San Francisco. I could go there and back. And back. Ah, (laughs) Brilliant. But it would take you longer to get from where we are and ride other trains to get to the Hyperloop. That is true. It would take me longer to get to the Hyperloop station than it would for me to get to my destination via the Hyperloop. The 30 miles it would take you to get there. Oh, man. (laughs) Mind-blowing. My mind is blown. And more aggravating. So, well, let's talk about the list of problems. Like, let's just start there. Is that... The, the, I mean, the list of problems are like obviously there's earthquakes, there's uh, disruptions along the route. Um, Why are earthquakes a problem? Well, earthquakes are a problem. Like the the shift of plates in California, at least, is very dramatic, and there's lots of the plates. And so, uh, if anybody lived in California in the mid '90s when the Northridge earthquake, the infamous one, at least in our lifetime, mm-hmm. I don't know how old are you, Jimmy? Were you were you, were you cognate at, at that time? How old, were, how old were you in 1994? Four. Okay, so Jimmy was Jimmy probably barely remembers this. Do you but remember it? The Northridge earthquake? No, I no. I mean, sure. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> so no, I don't remember the Northridge earthquake for me when I was, I was like ten. I was very freaked out. Uh, it, it was very panic striking, especially when you saw the images around Northridge. Uh, and actually, even today, if you drive around Northridge, you can still see mass amounts of cracks in buildings and mm-hmm. stuff that just wasn't repaired very well. Um, I do remember one earthquake. 
that was really bad. So that, they may be, that, they that's may it, that because that because was the last one that was really bad. It wasn't a whole lot. I do remember knocking bridges a, over. Ducking under a table for a very long time. Yeah, I think it lasted for like five minutes. It was a pretty solid five oh. minutes. It's a long earthquake. It was multi- multiple minutes. I don't want to say five. I was ten, so really dragging things out is not... My perception of time was off. So but does, anyway, does an earthquake affect a normal train? Like how is? Uh, well, earthquakes could derail a normal train. So that's first of all. Like I mean, uh-huh. any normal train could get derailed because the the plates could shift as much as six feet. If if you looked at the Japanese earthquake from just a couple of years ago, it it shifted parking lots six feet mm-hmm. in, in multiple locations. So I mean, like that's earthquakes can have that effect. Um, and of course, the faster you're moving in an object, the more detrimental that would be. A freight train moving at like two miles an hour that gets derailed is not going. It's going to be dramatic, but it's not going to be as dramatic as a, let's say, a, an Amtrak going seventy. Would it be like a train wreck? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's interesting though that the metaphor the jokes, that, that we use to describe the worst imaginable outcome is a train wreck. Is a train wreck. That is not oh. the word I would use, but we're trying to keep this classy. <laughs> Mine involves cluster and something else. Anyway, you could just say train wreck. You could also say you could also say fuster cluck. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> what? This, I'm not breaking any rules. That's fine. We'll see what the FCC says. I'm yeah, just kidding. Geez. We don't care about them. We're not. We're not airing anything. Um. So anyway, like that's where earthquakes. I mean, especially once you elevate a tube. If the tube is not perfect, perfectly flush, moving an object through that tube could be a problem if there's tracks in the tube. Mm-hmm. However, in this case, there's not. It's just a, a levitating pod. So it doesn't have to be as perfectly flat, but the pod still has to fit through the tube. So if an earthquake uh, separates a, a point of connection in the tube, then you're going to have a problem moving at 150 miles an hour when you hit that disconnection. Have we clearly stated that we're talking about a pod moving through a tube? We we did, yeah. Okay. We did mention a tube, an elevated tube in a pod. I must have been in my own little world when we said that. You were thinking about how stupid it was that Jimmy and I were talking. (laughs) I think that happens to me a lot. Whenever we talk, you just are stupid. (laughs) No, whenever I talk to (laughs) anyone, I I, I hear they say something and it triggers something in my mind and I'll go off and like think about that for a little bit. And then I realize that I have no idea what you're talking about. There's a clinical term for that. <laughs> ADD. <laughs> so it's true. <laughs> Add that to the impossible things list. But ADD doesn't really exist. Oh, that's not what I said. Oh, I'm just saying. That's what how you, I feel. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, well, we did at. need a 24th topic for our new season. <laughs> yeah, right. that's, I, I do believe that has just gotten added to the list. That like ADD. Other, we can put it with the I feel other, like that's uh, super controversial. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, I'm okay. It's not, it's I'll not fight religious about it. or political. Oh, I, I it's could, it could be conceived as political, I think. Because, like, there are people with... The, 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 well, so could this. I don't know. The hyperloop could be extremely Let's discuss it after, because I'm probably going to edit that whole section. <laughs> um, okay, so earth, that, that's where I think an earthquake could cause a problem, is that if the tube become, the tube uh, a tube connection point becomes... Uh, it probably wouldn't have to be much, three, three, four, five mm-hmm. inches. With the way he's talking about the yeah, pressure, he's the clearance between the pod and the tube is minimal. Is minimal, probably inches. So if you're five inches off, you're going to have a problem. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna you, have a bad time. <laughs> but even if you went over a bump, say a little pebble gets in the tube, that's gonna that's gonna be as big of a problem. It that's, could cause a problem. Yeah. But that that's and that's the thing is that's why I think. I mean, I haven't read this whole 58 pages, to be honest with you, but, like, there are other problems. What? (laughs) 
What were you doing? But he, he has, I, I mean, like Earthquake mm. seems to be the big one. The other one was, uh, you know, the, the lower cost per, per user as well as uh, making it faster and safer. And yeah. the thing is, is I think every proposed California high-speed rail at this point is the traditional sense of what a rail is. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think, I think I'm vaguely remembering, and I'm sure somebody will correct me if anybody's actually listening to this, that I think it was a wider set of rails... The high-speed rail? The high-speed rail. It's a wider mm-hmm. set than the normal gauge, so it's not going to ride the normal, like, surfliner rails no, or no, any mm-hmm. of the BNSF That's why rails. it's so expensive, because they're having they to purchase... They have to lay new track. Yeah, that, which involves purchasing right away. Basically going up to five. And I up think. and down. Yeah, yeah, and that land, that's, that's I mean, farmland, so and that's going to be expensive. It's farmland. It's not completely flat. As flat as it looks, it, mm-hmm. it's got hills and stuff, and going at this speed, you'll have to. But it, I think... Other than the gauge of the rail, it's it's the same as any other train in the traditional sense. Is that it yeah. is steel rails, steel wheels, external, you know, exposed Diesel to the power, most likely. Uh, yeah, or, or some some derivative of petrol. Well, yeah, yeah, pet- petrol, petrol, petrified, <laughs> petroleum, petroleum. That's what it is. Yes, there's the word. That's the word we are all trying to think of. Woo, we're smart. I swear. No, um, that's not true. <laughs> the smartest minds haven't showed up yet. That's why we're here. Uh, but he, Alex. I mean, and, and in what? Five and nine joke. Smart We're Alex. Real oh smart. no! <laughs> <laughs> the new uh, T Bone's named Alex. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, uh, so Alex. Hey. <laughs> nice. That's funny. That's really funny. Um. Edit. So uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so I mean, as proven by. Uh, by Elon Musk's normal sense of things, though he is not thinking this is a petroleum-based uh, propulsion, he's talking about it being sustainably self-powering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do believe I did read this part is that he wants to like solar panel the top of the tube. Yes, yeah. And that's how he plans on powering a majority of this using the same batteries he uses for the Tesla Motors yeah. cars. Well, he's saying not only that, but it could be it could produce more energy than what than what the train would require yeah so Correct. He, he's powering things along the route the, thereby generating an income aside from just yeah. ticketing which is what makes it cheap and yeah. i think that's look at that elon musk solving two pro, two problems mm-hmm. with one solution yeah. kind never of never happens typical of that guy going going into like what i was just researching this because i was curious i was looking at there's a part in this pdf something that i like that he does is that he lists how much each thing that he's going to put costs. He says, this oh, is going to cool. cost this, this is going to cost this. I didn't get to that. The overall, like once you get to the, you can have, he's got a map in here of the suggested routes and then what, uh, what, uh, what proposed branches of Hyperloops would come off. Like it's, it's, it got some really cool stuff in here. So there's LA to San Francisco. It also has some, there's, there's one here for Vegas. There's a branch to go off to Vegas. Well, that, whole plan the, one, of the, that. one of the California high-speed rails was initially proposed was to go from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. That was one of the original ones, pre, pre-voting, by the way. That was pre-the vote on it, the state vote on it. Oh, the high-speed rail? The high-speed rail was uh, was going to be a vote to go between here in Vegas, I think, was one of the routes, and then here mm-hmm. in San Francisco. And I think because it was a California thing, we decided to keep it within the state. Mm-hmm. And that was what we ended up voting on. Um and I, I will say this is like at least a, a, a is a personal member of this society where this is going in. It has always irritated me my entire life growing up in California, even to now commuting to and from Los Angeles and Orange County at least once a week via the train. Right. It really does bother me that there isn't a better like every every 
even moderately metropolitan city in our country has some sort of light rail or some sort of high mm -hmm. high capacity transportation except for Southern California. Yeah. We LA had one getting, and we tore it out. <laughs> we had the best, the, well, we, the biggest. We, we had one of the first in the country and one of the one of the biggest mm -hmm. in the country and it, we tore no, it out. It was the biggest in the world. The red was cars it? had the most track. Uh qualify this by saying surface yeah, track. That makes Sur sense. Surface level track, so a subway is excluded. Yeah. But it was the biggest network of surface level transportation urban rail in the world at the time well it just in, bums in me out because like it's not whatever, right but it's not even like it's it was that long ago correct, right yeah mm -hmm. it wasn't even that long ago red cars and yellow cars i think uh yellow cars were there was a there was a difference between them like one was long distance one one was local uh, red cars maybe it was the long distance one. i don't remember but i mean like it, it's not even like you know i was discussing this with my father-in-law yesterday is that the you know the the red cars existed like not that long ago. Why mm -hmm. why on earth did we bother pulling those out? Like we should have just. Thanks, General Motors. Oh yes. <laughs> you I really want me to get into my cars. conspiracy theory about this? <laughs> well, it's not much of a conspiracy theory. I think it's it's very obvious. I mean, like, and Elon Musk, I think, is trying to break up that that conspiracy. I mean, like, if if you've seen the uh, documentary "Who Killed the Electric Car," it's yeah, like a great that, documentary. It's a fantastic documentary, and it, and Elon Musk is is highlighted in it as well. Right. But I mean, like, so far we're we're I think I think it's becoming more public th uh, thanks in part to the internet, and and also people more people being conspiracy theorists. And I'm going to say that in quotes because it, it's not much of a theory, um, but like more people knowing about it that the you know the, the electric car was killed off so many times and it was totally functional. Mm -hmm. I mean, but like society's been scared into not wanting that mm -hmm. and it's been offered at the time. Like right, the batteries were more. I mean, because the batteries today have to be built differently based on the laws and regulations that were done back then. Right, uh, but I mean, like you know, people people converting their cars to you know yeah, to vegetable oil yeah, and stuff like that. Biodiesel. I mean, like it's just it, this, the technology is way easier for all of us to not use cars in a traditional fashion, mm -hmm. and and so I mean, Elon Musk is he, so far is the only car company I've heard of that has even paid back their government loan for research. So that's right, he did. So, I mean, like, as far as somebody saying, oh, well, you'll never be successful running an electric car company, he did it on a bunch of different levels. He's broken up a lot of models. They don't have a dealership. They don't – there's no dealer – there's no dealership pricing for a Tesla Motors vehicle. What about that one that you drive by on the PCH in Newport? It's No, that's a manufacturer. Oh. So I can't walk up there and buy me a No, Tesla? no, no, you can't. That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's, it, this is direct yeah, business-to-consumer model mm -hmm. instead of a business-to-business model that all the other car manufacturers do. So he's not do. franchising. No. Dealers, oh. Smart you move. buy the car from Tesla Motors like you buy Apple computers from Apple. Mm -hmm. Apple computers doesn't sell them to Best Buy who sells them to you. When you go to Best Buy and buy an Apple computer, you're buying it from Apple. You're just buying it at Best Buy. At the dealer. At the, You're buying it from the dealer. It's direct business to consumer model. And that and it's, that's, where, that's why his car, you know, his next version of the car only costs $30,000. And it can with that technology is because the manufacturer is selling you the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a brilliant business model. It really is. And that, that's why he's the type of person to think up something like this. And thank goodness he's in our state and he's doing, he's, you know, thinking up even, an, he's even challenging them. Thank goodness. Right. And, you know, it's, it's about time. It's well, like because who's the government going to hire to do this? Like a bunch of people who have really bad ideas? They already have a bunch of really bad <laughs> ideas. Like it would behoove them to turn around and just hire him to do it, you know? Um, you, you talked about you talked about price for a little bit, about bringing price down. Correct. And what I was, he brings up price in here and... Uh, I'm not sure exactly how much the entire track installation will cost. I, I imagine it would be up in the several billions of dollars. But he estimates, it, and this is all you know, speculative at this point, 
the Hyperloop, the actual pod itself, each pod would only cost $66 million. To put that in perspective, a this is from several airplane websites, uh, 747 brand new costs $190 million. So each 747 that's up on the runways right now, each of that is, is $190 million. If you really could manufacture a Hyperloop that travels, not as many people, granted, but I mean, travels just as fast, short distances, sometimes faster, what would that do to the economy around the area? I feel like things well, I can would tell change. you right now, some Southwest flights are going to get canceled mm-hmm. because there's a mm-hmm. Southwest service that just goes from LAX to uh, SFO and to Oakland. And they just make that trip back and forth. And, and I think Jet that's Blue an hour. That I think JetBlue does it as well. Yeah. But I think that's an hour flight. This is half an hour. Mm-hmm. So this thing can go Incredible. there and back in the in the time it takes for one flight to get there. And those are 747s, by the way. So that's a, a very good comparison. Cool. Did you did you see any of the limitations of Hyperloop? Like how far he thinks it would be practical for it to go? No, I haven't seen any of that so yet. He didn't think that really it would be practical for it to go all that far because at some point um, supersonic air travel is more efficient. So say from here to uh, St. Petersburg, Russia, Mm -hmm. or Moscow, more likely, uh, it would be more efficient to just fly. That makes sense. Because the reason why L.A. to San Francisco is not uh, practical for supersonic air travel is because by the time you get up to a cruising speed, right, you you're wasting time coming back down. Well, and his, yeah, I mean, the, the whole reason this is a good path is because the five is mostly flat land. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like, it, you really you have the grapevine. That's like the biggest thing. But after you go through either under or over the grapevine, you're you're fine. It's pretty much a straight shot. And so I think that that's that's why like he's saying that is that really what gets in the way? Because I I'm seeing here. He says, like, geographical constraints would be part of it. Urban areas would be part of, like, part of what would cause range, range issues for the, uh, for the maglev to work. Hmm. For long distances, at least. Oh, that price I, I listed is actually their, their bigger hyper, their bigger pod that will hold cargo and people. There's two different pods that he's oh. thinking of. One How of, many? No, tell, tell them about the pods. One of, one of just people. Is like it's just you and probably like your personal bag, and then there's one that holds cargo as well. So is it like a personal pod? So it's just me, or is it, is it like four seat, six seater? All the, picture. the pictures kind of have six people in them. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Does See it have any more specs on the pods? There's a whole set. I gotta find this section. I do have really his cost quick. analysis right here for the high, for the actual California high speed rail. Cool. His cost analysis. Anything interesting in there? Oh, very. It's a very good comparison. Uh, currently, they've budgeted six hundred or six hundred sixty-eight point four billion dollars U.S. is the proposed cost. The average speed will be one hundred and sixty-four miles an hour between San Francisco and Los Angeles. Travel time will be two hours thirty-eight minutes. Uh, compare with one hour and fifteen minutes by air. So I wasn't wrong. It's about an hour mm-hmm. flight. Compare with five hours and thirty minutes by car. Again, uh, that was what I had guessed. Depending on who's driving, <laughs> it really does depend on who's driving because I've made it in less time. <laughs> uh, average average one-way ticket price is $105 one-way. He cites a reference that I'm not going to click on because it'll take so long to download. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. If only you had that fiber data connection we've talked about before. I'm just kidding. Um, it <laughs> light speed internet. <laughs> light speed internet. Light speed to the internet. <laughs> uh, if you compare that with $115 round trip by road. 
That's at $4 a gallon with a 30-mile-per-gallon vehicle. Um, it's really funny because he, I, I believe he makes a little cheeky joke here when he's talking about different ways to travel between San Francisco and L.A. He says, you can take the road, which is inexpensive, slow, and usually not environmentally sound, meaning that if you drove a Tesla Motors vehicle. No. <laughs> or you can take the air, which is expensive, fast, and completely not environmentally sound. Or the or rail, which is expensive, slow, and often very environmentally sound. Right. Um, well, Metro still... MetroLink has made some very. I, I know that they've made some very significant advances as to not using a lot of petroleum, mm-hmm. uh, and the way they accelerate and decelerate has definitely um, made things more environmental. And the amount of engines they use, they've done well. They've done. They've done pretty good. They've done better for. Um, I'm going to say uh, that's a large rail system, but they, they've done better with large uh, rail systems than... It's, as opposed to light rail, it's a heavy rail. Heavy rail, it's that's right, commuter, thank you. That's what it's called. Commuter rail. But it runs on the same, on the, you know, Pacific... Pacific... Uh, Surfliner. Surf no, that's the Amtrak line. Oh, you're right. That's but it's the... I always just say BNSF, that's who owns it. Yeah, that that is. But it was the old... Pacific Santa Fe. Yes. That's what it is. That's the... See, it's those are the railroad. Burlington Tycoon. Northern Santa Fe. Burlington Northern. BNSF. That's what it is. They still own it today. Yeah. Thank you, tycoons. Anyway, that's that's that. Did you find the data you were looking for, Jimmy? Oh, I'm still looking for it. Okay, well, then we'll keep going. There's a lot of different stuff. There is a lot of different stuff. I mean, this this PDF is huge. It's this giant, PDF is huge. It, it's extremely in-depth. He, I mean, he's got... Six like, is how many people in the capsule. Oh, six, got it. Maybe six. And then the cargo is just... I keep looking at these numbers, and I keep not believing them (laughs) oh wait wait wait! hang on no here we go the hyperloop transportation system is a proposed transportation system for traveling between la and san francisco it is 35 minutes 35 Mm. the hyperloop consists of several distinct components including a capsule sealed capsules carrying 28 passengers each that travel along the interior of of the tube depart on average every two minutes from la or san francisco up to every 30 seconds during peak usage hours a larger system has also been sized that allows transport of three full-sized automobiles with passengers to travel in the capsule. The capsules are separated within the tube by approximately 23 miles on average during op- operation. The capsules are supported via air bearings that operate using a compressed air reservoir and aerodynamic lift. So it is not vacuum tube, A. Not it is not tube. maglev, B. It's air levitation. Mm-hmm. Compressed aerodynamic lift. The tube is made of steel. Two tubes will be welded together in a side-by-side configuration to allow the capsules to travel both directions. Mm-hmm. Pylons are placed every 100 feet or 30 meters to support the tube. Solar arrays will cover the top of the tubes in order to pro- provide power for the system. The propulsion is linear linear accelerators, and they are constructed along the length of the tube at various locations to accelerate the capsules. Rotors are located on the tubes to transfer momentum to the capsules via the linear accelerators. Uh, I mean, he goes on, but those are just those are the points. Mm-hmm. So the linear accelerators, that was interesting to me. That's sort of a. So we were talking about how it's not maglev, but that it is not maglev. No, that is a maglev technology. The, just, li- the linear accelerator. It's a yeah. yeah it's it's a just limb. not levitating it. It's a limb. Uh, what does that mean? It's a linear induction motor. Motor, yeah. Yeah. Which which you can see the likes of in uh, roller coasters. Yeah, locally, <laughs> and uh, it's a pretty cool. It's a great. Technology. I didn't. I didn't really know what it was until I started looking into this. Basically, a motor is round. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I just learned about this. Motor is round. It's a series of round electromagnets. Yep. Coiled up together. So, 
the limb is just spread out. It's a spread out motor, kind of un, unrolled, and it, it becomes linear. Yes. A linear motor. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, the way I always wrap my head around it, and I could be wrong, and I'm sure somebody will correct me, is that the way electricity is generated is by rotating magnets inside of a copper coil at a mm-hmm. speed, right? That, mm-hmm. that, and that's what generates electricity. And what you use to move the magnets is like a rod usually, and it's usually like water falling onto a water wheel or something will turn the magnets, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, which they're just good. That, that device, the magnet spinning, is just called a turbine, I believe, the whole thing, mm-hmm. okay. at least in the water formula it is. So if you just reverse that process, you, uh, you, 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 know, you, you have a motor. If you reverse the process, it's a motor. Instead of you turning the magnets inside of a, a copper coil, the copper coil is turning the magnets or is being turned... The copper coil is energized, which turns the magnets, which turns a rod. Which turns which, whatever you Which want. turns wheels or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's essentially... And then what Jesse said is if you flatten that, much like if you flatten a map of the Earth, you have, you know, you've flattened a, a circular object. How is that? I guess it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's a circular object that you flatten. It ends up being linear. I guess that was my point. Okay. So never mind. <laughs> that analogy that goes analogy only so far. Did not go far. It went nowhere. That analogy went nowhere. You're being generous. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, this is a very uh, <laughs> all that non-science aside. <laughs> hmm. Would you see the they have a summary of the the varied speeds throughout the travel? Uh, let's see here. It I says like the, the capsule uh, travels at 760 miles per hour. Well, that's that's at the straightaway. It won't do it for the whole time because no. you can't take the curves. No, it, so. no, that's the other thing. You can't take curves at that speed because how it'll far? make you sick. <laughs> how how wide did you, does the curve have to be to not make you sick at that speed? Mm, I'm 40 sure. mile turning radius. <laughs> does he actually say that? No. I was going to say he might say that somewhere in here. He may, but that was... Uh, Given all the, the information this, that we did have, somebody extrapolated that and posted it. 134 horsepower is all that it would take <laughs> yeah, no, this, this, <laughs> to make it move 700 miles an hour. Wow. This that is, is amazing. Really, it's this, very low this, friction. Uh, he also talks about being able to, to to break the sound barrier, correct? Is that, I, mean, I remember I was talking to my, my dad about this the other day. My dad was saying that it was pretty incredible because in the tube, if you... Oh, this is before the, the announcement came out. We originally thought that there was going to be a, a vacuum seal tube. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my my dad was excited about that because he was saying that you can now go faster than planes, which I think this does go faster than planes, correct? Then, uh, the 760 road. miles an hour? Is that faster than planes? I think they, the planes are in the 500s. Uh, Somebody should look that, that up. up. So uh, he was saying that you wouldn't deal with... Uh, breaking the sound barrier when you're going that fast because you'd be in a tube, you'd be in a control, so you can, you're moving vacuum the air. Yeah, the vacuum The air is moving with you, so mm-hmm. in relation to the air, you're not. Did you say how much you said, how much was the proposed cost per capsule? $61 million for the passenger and vehicle one, and then 55 there's there's a few confusing numbers in there. There's a there's. Are you looking at like the $120,000 one? No, it's this is just the cost of the, the propulsion. Oh, the there's a they break down everything. They yeah. break down like how much the doors are going to cost, how right. much the seats are going to cost. How He's much really done a lot of work up on this for not having time to actually do a test. We stayed up all night the day before. Yeah, that's true. I did see that. You just figured Crew it out. Crew capsule weight and cost breakdown. Interior and seats, two hundred and fifty thousand. Well, I'm making an announcement tomorrow. I probably should. I should probably study this. Fifty-four million. <laughs> it looks like for the Hyperloop. 
Fifty-four million dollars for the uh, for the for, that's for that's the for passenger the, capsule, correct? Yes. Wow, it got yes. cheaper. The the price that I listed was the was the uh, oh the cargo the cargo one the freighter. So that's uh, sixty-one million for the crew and cargo and crew capsule weight. Mm-hmm. Did it say each capsule can carry twenty? Because I, I looked like at all the capsules you were only carrying six. I'm wondering if they're saying like each hyperloop is just a number of capsules put together. I have no idea. Uh, maybe it might be. Who knows? These tubes look very interesting, by the way. Yeah, you should all definitely cool. go look at them. It's uh, it's very space agey. Yeah. Once again, this this PDF we all found it on the on Tesla's website. It's Tesla's blog, right? Yeah. yeah here, you know what? com slash hyperloop. I think. TeslaMotors.com slash blog slash Hyperloop. Oh, but, blog. Sure but if you look blog. it up, it's, you know, it's just... Google. Just Google Elon Musk's uh, announcement. Anyway, I mean, like, but they, basically this is completely... I'm glad we waited to do this episode because this really blows a huge hole in uh, the possibility, impossibility of this argument is that... Mm-hmm. The, I guess the, I guess this is kind of a misnomer as far as our podcast name is concerned because it's not impossible. It's completely possible. Oh, yeah. It's a matter of cost and implementation at this point. It'd be interesting to see what this would do if you did bury the tunnel or if you were to, I don't know, send it to across an ocean somewhere. I mean, like, would that change? It sounds like he doesn't think that that's a good use of the technology, but what about Los Angeles mm-hmm. to New York? Especially sure if, if you buried the line. When they did uh, the trains, they had trains going from cross cross country, but they wasn't. It wasn't just one single rail going all the way high across. Speed. Was it? Are you talking about high no, speed? No, I'm no, no. Original school. rail. I'm talking original rail. Oh yeah, because that was the only way to go. But it was there was only one rail, and that was it. Yeah, no, you got to oh, the center. No, and no there are paths. If you if you look at look it up online, you'll see like the like look up original. Well, at first there was only one, but then there was more. Mm. They built more immediately, though. There was only one for like. To build the other one, I just think that's how this would break up. This would break like we start building it in California. Yeah, it's like, all right, then we'll build one in Arizona. Oh, we want this, yeah. and then we want it in New York, and then we eventually just connect them all, and then you have stations, mm-hmm. and you would it would be mass could travel. You, could you like? Would you have to go to Phoenix and then go to Salt Lake City? Probably, yeah, right. Uh, there would be hubs like Omaha. there are with planes. I think would I Omaha think. have a hyperloop? No. <laughs> you know why? Nobody goes to Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> Our one, our one listener is probably from Omaha. So from, they stop listening from Salt Lake City, you'd have to go straight to Chicago or St. Louis, and that would be. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like I think the point of this is that there's it's not going to be any of this in Texas. And so, I mean, if you just, I mean, if you go, if you take this, like I think you like, especially if you're going between cities that have light rail mm-hmm. to get you to the outlying areas, like, okay, so get get you to the nearest port, like the nearest, uh, the nearest Portland. I was going to say the nearest Portland, but like the the nearest stop, like in a state or I mean the, the largest metropolitan stop in a state. So like you'd go to Portland and Oregon mm-hmm. and Portland has a really nice light rail system. that goes everywhere. So fantastic. I, it's probably my favorite light rail system I've ever used, but it's, it's it kind of so the far. best one. Yeah. I think it goes so far. It's ridiculous. As a matter it of fact, so far. to go back, to go back one step, the union Pacific route was the first and only for a while transcontinental railroad. I have a map. I'm looking at. I looked it up because you're going to be curious. Where did the, the golden? Isn't the golden spike the last one? Where was that? Oh, hang on. This it seems this, like this, this image is downsloading. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, though, this the the uh, what did I just say? This was. <laughs> yeah. What did this uh, transcontinental railroad something? The Western Western Pacific and 
I don't know. This was three different lines that were added, or that were like added to each other. Central Pacific, Union Pacific, and some other one. Anyway, that's not important right now. <laughs> um, what the were Atlantic we talking Pacific. about? Um, <laughs> so what I thought was interesting is that if you look at the summary, I think it's on it's on page forty two of the PDF. It <laughs> has a summary of the sections of. What's funny about that? <laughs> well, if you turn to page forty two in your study guides. <laughs> Well, I'm hoping all the listeners would have printed it. out this PDF. They can follow along with us. If you're at all interested in technology or the things that are like on the the cusp of being possible, you will read this document. No, it's mm-hmm. pretty intense. Much like we didn't. <laughs> we they are, probably we are. Are. If we they're are. that interested, they've already read. They've this. already read it. That's and true. everything that we're saying is is uh, rehash. Rehash. It's all opinionated. Okay. 42. What's on page 42? Oh, Do it's tell. 300. So it just breaks down like so. They, they separate this route uh, from L.A. to San Francisco in three sections. I see it. The L.A. and then the Grapevine south and north and then the I-5 and then the I-580 and the San Francisco Bay. Or Like those are the three sections. I love so that he broke it up and the time is in seconds. Mm-hmm. So it would <laughs> Travel you, time. It would take you 167 seconds to get through the Grapevine. Which is normally at rush hour, like a three-hour process. <laughs> yeah, and that's the south. That's the south. That's the south portion of the grapevine. The north portion of the grapevine will take you four hundred and thirty-five seconds. Be- because there's traffic. Uh, <laughs> the tube you're is congested. Faster. You're Maybe traveling. Turns what do you think people are going to call this, by the way? Hyperloop. I hope the. Hyperloop. Are they just going to call the hyperloop? I know, but that's like. You the think tube? they'll just call it the loop? I uh, think they'll just call it the loop. It won't be called the tube. That's what the London Underground is, but. Uh. I think they'll just call it the. I think just take just the, loop. The, the loop. I would call you it the just loop. take the loop to San Francisco. <laughs> well, We're coining loopy. that phrase, everybody, right now. We're I'm, calling it the loop. I'm, co- I'm copywriting. Do you get loopy on the loop? I you if you turn too quickly. <laughs> anyway, Watch the total travel stairs. time is twenty-one thirty-four seconds, which is thirty-five minutes. Hey, would this be enjoyable to ride? Because you're going to be like sealed in, like a little baby. No, no contact with the outside. Are you going to enjoy it? I don't know if I You will. know how on planes, how it, like your head kind of gets cloudy, things sound weird on planes? Do you think it'll be like that in this? It's, it seems like it's going to be very claustrophobic is what it looks like. It looks like you're you're in a very small You're capsule. in a bullet, essentially. Yeah. Like That's what it looks like you're in, mm-hmm. if you've looked at the image of this. This is amazing. I think people will like. Uh, I think my sister. My sister gets claustrophobic. I don't think my sister would be able to do this. I think it's. I would be small. debatable as to whether or not I'd be able to do it. It's very. It's very tight, <laughs> and. Uh, so I think if you don't want to do it, then why? I think I would. I think I'd push past it because I'd want to. And if this guy, so it looks like the, the in the, the image I'm looking at, it's like if this guy in the middle smells bad, you the entire screwed. the entire capsule is, <laughs> is reeking for half an hour. Bummer. <laughs> I mean, like. I wonder if it'll be but part of the. It's only half an hour. Yeah, that's true. Not six hours or four or five or whatever. Oh, Jesse, he actually has an image here showing turns. Ah, good. He what? calls it the bend radii. What? <laughs> the bend radii. That's, that's what it is. But it's a bunch of circles showing what the the turns at various speeds. Uh, I don't think it. I don't know if it shows speeds. What page is this on? That was on page forty-eight. Is the map? Forty-nine is the uh, table. <coughs> And it's the section data for 760 miles an hour. Oh, look at that. Minimum bend radius is 14.6 miles. You're right. You were right. It is a wide turn, sir. I have to. (laughs) Uh, Jesse and I were talking about this uh, uh, 
off air a little while ago, and it was uh, when we were talking about the Hyperloop this morning. We were saying that uh, it would be possible, or at least it would be, once things get cheap enough, it would be you would be able to live in L.A. and then work in San, work Francisco. In San Francisco. Yeah. And we were wondering what would that do to the economy. What would that do California's to California's economy yeah, or San Francisco's economy? Every everything. Like imagine you don't need to live everyone commutes like I every day I commute 45 minutes to work. So it's like not anymore. No, no, no I now I'll start commuting 5. It's going to be great. No, I meant not anymore with this hyperloop. Oh, that's true. But yes, that too. Mhm. Jimmy's uh, moving closer by the way. If yep. you hadn't guessed. Yep. This, 5 minutes. Uh, well, I mean like and think about it if if it does improve the economy, these other branches he's suggesting on page Oh crap! On page fifty-two, one of them goes to Vegas. I think that's an obvious. That's an mm-hmm. obvious one because Vegas gets a lot of commuters from Los Angeles like every weekend. I would say, I would say probably at least twenty-five percent of the people in Vegas are from California probably. or the local area. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he's got proposed proposed branches and stations in uh, Las Vegas, Sacramento, San Diego. It's like think about. If San Francisco and Los Angeles' economies are affected greatly by this in a positive fashion, can you not imagine how quickly they're going to build the other ones, especially the mm-hmm. Vegas route? The Vegas route's very much like the five mm-hmm. in that you just follow the 15 out there. There's and nothing. It's, there, there's nothing. There's no one, yeah, no landowners that I can think of would have any problem. They would love it. They yeah. would totally love it. You Someone know who, you know who would hate it? Right you know who would hate it is uh, Barstow. Oh, yeah. Because they get that's no like, one would stop. No there one would anymore. stop there anymore. It would it would be like the movie Cars and Radiator Springs. Nobody stops there anymore. I imagine the Hyperloop would have to be kind of expensive. So I imagine I imagine people would still opt to driving. To be cheaper than the. It's supposed to be cheaper than driving. Rail. That's the point of it. Oh. It's supposed to be cheaper than the what the rail ticket's going to cost. The rail ticket they're t- they're talking about. I guess that's Over true. Bucks. Like if you look at a seven forty seven and how it costs hundred and ninety million per capsule. Oh, he talks about capacity. If uh if if each capsule costs sixty six, you would be able to charge way because I'm like, what does it cost to get from here to Vegas? By driving? No, in a plane. It's it's how, like, it, how much does it cost to go to San Francisco? It's plane? it's the same to go to Vegas. It's about like it's the same because it's the same time. It's the same. Hundred and fifty is that something like it's something like sure. that? I'm sure. So it's like then it's on a budget. Reasonable to think that uh, that uh, that the hyperloop because it's half the production cost of each plane. It would probably be half the price, right? It'd probably cost you fifty bucks. Which, I would think so. Which would be which would be way cheaper than driving. That would be pretty awesome. Even if it was a hundred dollars, I would do it. It'd be totally be worth it. Oh, by the way, one of the other stops he's proposing is in Fresno. That's the other one I couldn't identify, and mm-hmm. I just did. What for? <laughs> I don't know about Jesse, but whenever, whenever anybody says, "Hey, Kyle, you should go to Fresno," I say, "F no." That's what I, <laughs> that's that's what I call the town. I, I it was a, a phrase coined on a tour I was on when we stopped in Fresno. We said, "Why would anybody come here?" <laughs> the res does not exist for you. Just the F and the no. <laughs> right. Do you want to live in Fresno? F no. That's that's what happens. Well, I mean, I, I don't even think there's a point to asking our normal set of question at the end. I guess uh, it's, it's a normal. Like, it, it, is this impossible, yes. Jesse? It's impossible. It's absolutely. Hey, naysayer, calm down. <laughs> Jay, Jesse, is this impossible? Uh, well, yes. Why? Politics. Oh, 
grown, the thing that ruins everything fun in the world. But you think Elon Musk is really going to stop at that? If they don't do it, he will find time to do it, I think. You think he will? He's made private enterprise uh, overcome those kind of bounds already, so I can't imagine why he wouldn't. That would be wonderful. Because he's done it politically once already, SpaceX. I I would say SpaceX is a good Mm -hmm. and adequate capitalistic response. Capitalistic? Capitalism? Capitalistic response to the government not funding a space program anymore. He didn't Mm. think that was an adequate use of their time and resources, so he's done it himself. Well, they didn't think it was an adequate use of their time and resources either, so they just quit. The government, that is. Yes. There you go. But they're not quitting this. They haven't started yet. They're just getting going. Well, so you think it's impossible just from political standpoints? Yeah. Did you read any politicians' statements? About the Hyperloop? No, did you? Yes. What did they say? They, They had some very condescending, although they tried to mask it. Yeah, do you know why? Statements. They didn't think of it. <laughs> they didn't. How would they? They're, They're not smart. No. <laughs> the political inbreeding that's been going on this long has caused problems enough that uh, enough that Elon Musk said, no, 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 I got this. And here we are. Hyperloop. Mm-hmm. The loop. <laughs> <laughs> the loop. The loop. Okay, Jimmy, mm-hmm. brass tacks, is this possible? Yes, it is possible. And I think, I think uh, the political thing is going to be a huge obstacle. I but do. Believe, I, I agree it's with be that. A giant obstacle, but especially too, big, with, too giant. Too giant? No. Uh, the one thing human, one thing mankind has always done really well is whenever we're in a bad economic state, we just build really big things, and it seems to bring us up. Like you know the road system built in the depression, or or the Hoover Dam, or the oh you know I heard you could take a really nice damn tour there. Oh, boy. You've almost met your quota. <laughs> I, think I think you surpassed it. I'm sorry. I think it's I'm, I, you know what? No, I'm not sorry. Never mind. I uh, guess you're a dad now, so you get an increased I, I get quota the dad of quotes. bad jokes. Okay. So I was, uh, I'm not like my, uh, that. My wife would agree. You're probably, <laughs> you're probably using up some of mine, too. <laughs> That's fair. That's totally fair. Uh, I absolutely think it's possible. I think it's going to happen. The question now is when? Is it going to happen in our lifetime? Is it going to happen after? Is it going to happen? I I think I'm sticking with the uh, the the poetic nature of it would be nice to be listening to this podcast in mm-hmm. 20 years sitting on that hyperloop. 20 years. We have a time frame. So this construction will take a decade. That's what so that's thinking. why I think it'll take 10 years for them to convince the politicians that they're idiots, which they are every last one of them. When's the California high-speed rail supposed to open? Uh, I didn't bother looking much into that because I don't care much for it. (laughs) Obviously, neither does Elon Musk. I think it's about 10 years from now. California high. So we won't even know whether or not it's a good idea until then. That's true. But, I mean, like, I think it'll take 10 years for... It'll take 10 years for them to either realize that this is a money pit that they're dumping their money into for something that people aren't going to use or for Elon Musk to convince them that they need to do this instead. Uh, or the people, you know, we, the, the, we, the people, mm-hmm. as it were, mm-hmm. to convince them that we don't like their idea and they need to do this one instead. Which, you know, Elon Musk might become a lobbyist. You never know. He doesn't have time for that. Elon Musk might get somebody to become a lobbyist. Uh, yeah, he could do that. He has money for that. 
I'm just so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just launched the California High Speed Rail Wiki page, and I'm disappointed. You're, you're already really mad. Instantaneously. Because <laughs> it's a bad idea. Like, the, the loop, the loop, the loop is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and people, I think, will start catching on to that. It's like just looking at the basic numbers, even though I imagine Elon Musk is kind of lowballing the whole thing, I don't know if it's going to cost $66 Because, you know, it's what's the golden rule? You take whatever whatever cost and you 15%. think. And 15%. I always double it. <laughs> well, I was going to say, if I it's think, me budgeting, I was at 30%, but everybody tells me to add 15. Yeah, so it's like, okay, so he thinks it's going to be 66 or 61 million. It's like, okay, so it'll probably really cost, like, what, 80? It's still half. It's still half the cost of a plane. True. Well, the whole project, he's got at 6 billion, right? Yeah. So if you had, totally. even if you double that, you're still not approaching the cost of high speed rail line. They executed a contract, though, uh, last week. Oh, really? On August 20th, 2013, the joint venture of a bunch of names I can't pronounce announced that it had executed a contract with the authority, i.e. the people in charge of this project, Mm -hmm. for the design and construction of the initial Madera to Fresno segment of the California high-speed rail system. The the contract is valued at $985 million, plus an additional $53 million uh, of contingency. Well, loop all the way, then. Well, it's just it's Looper. depressing because like the, this isn't a high speed rail. This is a network. Like California high speed rail, looking at it now, is a network of rails. San Francisco to San Jose, San Jose to Merced, Merced, Merced. What is Merced. it? Merced to Fresno, Fresno to Bakersfield, Bakersfield to Palmdale, Palmdale to L.A., L.A. to Anaheim, L.A. to San Diego, Merced to Sacramento. Like that. That's a network. That's not. This mm-hmm. is not high speed. Point A, point B, or point A, B, C, D, E. Like destinations. This is. This so is it's a, Caltrack a, to right the United States Amtrak. What would we right. uh, What would we need the government for? I mean, could we theoretically just build the thing? And no, just... we don't need the government. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just no. Curious, yeah, like, yes, but... a private a private venture could absolutely go up and buy land and put it there, but I don't think you could call it public transportation. Right. Like the the public transportation authority, I think has to like I don't know manage you. So it's like it's like toll roads. Then Department you can build a toll road. And Department then... of Transportation. That's what it is. I, I don't think you can build a toll road on private land. I don't think you're allowed to. Well, I mean, you you could you still have to buy the land. I'm saying you don't. That's what I'm saying. Pay. But if you do, at that you point, it's not right away. You're not to have a right away. You don't actually have to own the land. Oh really? Yeah, it's a sort of a lease. Mm. More like guidelines. Anyway, probably hyperloop all the way. Hyper hyperloop is. I I really feel like that's the way to do it. I just don't know why. I don't know. We should get everyone excited about it, and then well, crowdsource, I'm excited about and it. Crowdsource the whole thing. Have everyone donate a dollar. You can do a Kickstarter <laughs> for the hyperloop. Yeah, yeah. So I'll bet you people would do billion dollars. <laughs> I'll bet you people would do it. Like, there's a VR project that was crowdsourced. Like a like a lot of it, like 1.6 million dollars or something, was crowdsourced. Mm. And apparently it's pretty bitchin', to say the least. I haven't looked into it. We should talk about that, though. Put it on the list. I, I think we have it on there. I think I called it something else, though, something like Holodex. So he says mm. that the Hyperloop will never crash. That was one of the early claims. Ooh. Mm. Ah. Well, define Ooh. crash. I mean, the way that he's got... Like the stock market? Hey. <laughs> Whoa. Just kidding. The way he's got air running through the whole thing, it won't crash into the tube, per se. Unless the air... 
stops. Well, then it just slows down, and then it just grinds on And then on grinds the bottom. on the bottom. And then the next pod. Hits it. It's a very lofty. That's a very lofty thing. It's like mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, these trains, which are highly unlikely to collide, will right. never collide." And so that's how, that's too. So say you do, your pod does become disabled. How do you get out? Mm. I mean, your your walls are so close to the edge of the. Right. I don't know. That's it. Emergency situations posed a big part of my skepticism. That's fair. But I'm sure I'm sure it's something that will come up more as uh, it progresses. I'm sure we'll have to revisit this topic. That's my mindset, at least. Mm-hmm. Anyway, hopefully it goes somewhere. And Especially after I start my it. Kickstarter to crowdsource this whole thing. Right. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think that's probably it for this. But uh, next week we're going to talk about uh, flying cars. Yeah, it's pretty exciting, right? Flying cars. Flying cars. Or driving aeroplanes. Ooh. A whole mindset I didn't even think about. Interesting. Flying cars. Woo. Anyway, well, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments for us or to tell us how big of idiots we are, you can email us at impossiblethingspodcast at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at impthingpodcast, I M P T H N G podcast on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us. That's it. Hyperloop. The loop. <laughs> the loop. <laughs>